0: Welcome to Healthy, Wealthy, and Grateful with your hosts, Coach Dave, Heather, and James, where we provide you with the tools and entertainment to bring clarity, balance, focus, and butterflies to
1: your everyday life. Wealthy and Grateful. We got Coach David, we got Heather Andrews, and myself, James Johnson, and we've got Dove Gibson back again can't wait to continue our conversation that we had with him before but hey dove you know being from canada i always got to tease the canadians and and you may not get this as much as the ones i tease you too david don't worry but no, always but but the but, but you may not get this as much being alberta and maybe not british columbia but you know they how they named canada didn't you don't you?
2: Well, I know the actual answer, but uh, I'm I'm sure you have something different to tell me. But go ahead. I, know the well, I want to hear the actual answer after I tell you
1: the, this one. But they put a bunch of letters in a can and they shook them up and they pulled out the first one. They said C A, A N A A O A Canada. And so, and so that's how they named Canada. I, I, what is the actual answer? How did they name Canada?
2: It's a, it's an indigenous language and it means meeting place. Is that right, David? Yes, I, I couldn't tell you more specifically than that, but.
1: Yeah, yeah. So when we left off, we were talking about, we were, we were talking about, you know, get, getting better and eating your elephant and all that stuff. And, you know, what I found very interesting is you were talking about street hockey. And, and you know, I think that leads a, a very good lead into, you know, kids and sports, I mean, you're, you're an expert. And by the way, what does it take to become an expert? And there's what's called the rule of 10,000. And it says that if you do something 10,000 times or 10,000 hours, that you become an expert in that. And I'm certain that at this point in your life, you've certainly done this more than 10,000 hours. And that's how you got to where you are. How does that translate into children and and kids today? And, And what would your advice be for the parents out there?
2: Well, for, you know, in, in writing a book, we, I mentioned that I was, uh, going to be publishing my first book shortly. I, I, on self-reflection, I realized that a lot of my success came back to my childhood and in our neighborhood. And I would, and I don't just mean in my house, I mean, in our neighborhood there, because a lot of the parents, you know, they socialized. they, there was a few teachers, both my parents were teachers, uh, And there was a common philosophy, and that was very common amongst people my age, and maybe not quite as old as me, and certainly older, which which is, if the sun is shining, you need to go outside. Always, yes. It was (laughs) rarely presented as a request. It was, my mom was often, I think I can, you know, if I remember her quote exactly on occasion, if I was lying on the couch watching television, she'd say something like, oh, are your legs broken? That just gives you a slight insight into the into the hilarious uh uh relationship between my mom and my sisters and i but it was everyone in the neighborhood was the same and so we played hide and seek and built skateboard ramps and jumps and played a lot of street hockey and we played for hours and hours you know we i always say we were forced to go outside because like any kid we would have stayed you know Lazy watching television, and then we were we needed to be forced to come back inside. Right, and always. <laughs> it was, if you were hungry, you came home. If the street lights, if you if you went out after supper, uh, be home when the street lights are on. Well, I can't count the number of times I was in trouble because we were having lots of fun and playing, and there was no today you run the risk of confusing why you play. Is it because you go to McDonald's after? Is it because you get a trophy? Is it because you get to wear the fancy hat because you were the best player of the game or whatever? When we played, there was no trophy. There was no No. extrinsic reward. It was because it was a lot of fun to do. And so that's probably that and one other factor. And and it is that when I was young, my, my father, was very clear as to where sport fit in the important things in life it didn't matter you know even at the professional ranks you hope that your hometown team wins but ultimately it is of no consequence and i was raised to understand that and from from day 1 when when i would be at a competition and and i started with judo and then in high school it was wrestling and there were moments when you know you'd be scared to go up against some physically intimidating person and you'd be on the verge, and you'd be exhausted. And I can remember anytime my dad was ever present, he could have cared less if I had won or lost. He was, he was more interested in what I was learning because who wins a kid's sporting contest in the big picture is absolutely irrelevant. And that's, that's, I think what set me up to be successful later as a, uh, as an athlete representing my country.
1: How long did you play judo for?
2: Um, not that, not that long. Probably, I would say, you know, it was one of those things that my parents signed me up to. Uh, but then once I, you know, maybe three years, I would guess, and then wrestling. Once, once I got into school, then there was a school team for wrestling.
1: So you would understand Kaisakatami, Sayanagi, Uchigari. <laughs>
2: Well, I I know those are moves, but beyond that, I like that's that's going to before I was in high school. So that's going. I know a few Japanese words, but that's it.
1: I I, I yes, sushi. Yeah,
2: <laughs>
1: the, I know that one. I, I taught judo for years. That's why I laughed when you said that. Uh, actually, judo and jujitsu, and then I got to the point where I don't heal the way I used to, so I stopped playing. Yeah. But it, it, that's very interesting. And you know what's really funny about all that is that. I, I'm certain that based on all of our ages, maybe not Heather, but on all of our ages that, that uh, well, actually, Dave, you're pretty young too, that that was our life back then. I mean, it, it's funny, we would be out playing army or we'd be playing kick the can or we'd be playing whatever and, and you had to drag us back into the house and, and now the, the kids are, you know, they've got this damn phone in front of them or they've got a computer in front of them or whatever the case may be. And so, that being said, how do you propose to change that? How do you how do you suggest that we make that transition because we're in a new world so to speak where now it's all about the digital age and and you know, how do we get them out because they can go play Wii, they can do that in front of a computer, right? How do we get them out into the real world?
2: Yeah, you know, it's I'm hoping that that's a silver lining of the COVID-19 and and the quarantining and being away from school and all this this stuff, that for our own mental health, we're kicking our kids outside more often. And bicycle sales, I don't know about your part of the world, but our part of the world, skis, bikes. It's crazy, it's crazy. It's just off the charts, off the charts uh, sales. So I'm hoping that's a positive. The other thing I think is just a little bit of education the early specialization is associated with uh, severity and frequency of injury in young people. It's proportional to, the younger you start doing one sport all year round, the more likely, this is is the one that I didn't anticipate. A, A lot of them are intuitive, but the one I didn't know until I read a study about was The earlier you specialize, the more likely you are to quit that sport. When you do retire from that sport or quit it at whatever age, the more likely you are to never do that sport again and lead a sedentary lifestyle. And so um, I, I think that it comes back to purpose. Why do we have youth sport in the first place? It's not a, you know, it's being seen as a, uh, as a, as a, a highway to, college sport or the professional sport, but that's not why it exists. And if we let, you know, the, and, and you see it here, I, I would say that in my city, we're fairly enlightened about that. And yet it's financially driven. Um, I have a friend who said his kid plays three sports, his kids in high school and his kid plays, or this was, he told me this when his kids were maybe grade seven, eight, nine, somewhere around there. And he says he plays three sports a year and he has three coaches who are angry with his kid because they all want him to only play that one sport. And they don't have an appreciation that that kid is better at their sport because they play the other two. Well,
0: speaking about that, there was um, quotes by you know, numerous NHLers and, and probably the most famous one is Wayne Grubetsky, G- 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 who always spoke about how, you know, after hockey ended, he couldn't wait to start playing other sports in the b- 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 s- 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 summer and how the, the, those sports that he did in the, when other kids would play hockey he enjoyed that so much that when hockey came after we around, he was hungry. He was interested. He was like, let's, you know, you know, head through this. And it's an interesting thing that these days parents and everybody just says, we're going to do this one thing only, but evidence has shown over and over and over again, that the kids
1: who do a variety of sports are the best athletes. I have a I think, question. How do you how do you feel about the everybody gets a trophy? Oh, kill me now!
3: Awful, awful,
1: hate it because <laughs> I, I, I can't. I, I have a real problem with that. But then I'm I hearing you it. say that you know we're not <clears> just there to win or lose. But you know why are we playing then? But the, so so.
3: How I, do you I, feel about that? I well, I don't want to answer for him on that, but I want to say you you kind of have brought questions up that I've had in my head since we started this conversation. And the American kid, Heather, grew up much like you did. You know, I took ballet, I was a gymnast, you know, but I grew up on a dead-end street full of children. And your childhood experience is mine to a T, except that we were in the woods. Um, so I think that we've gotten away from why we play and some of the fundamental things that you initially discussed on and some of the skills that you learned are things that we're sorely lacking in our society today cooperation you know um one of the things that my parents used to say to me is the reason we let you play so much sand lake sandlot kickball is if you guys got mad at each other, you took your ball and you went home. You had to figure out how to work well with other people. It wasn't about winning or losing. It was that if I wasn't nice to you, you wouldn't come play with me the next day. So it, it taught you how to be cooperative. And you see now online, all this anger and angst and frustration boiling over. So I do hope that the silver lining, as you said, of of pandemic is that we've learned to be more supportive. I see people seeking community more than ever before. And I have heard friends, I don't have children of my own, but I've heard friends talk about the tremendous cost, not only financial cost, but the physical cost of their children By playing these singular sports. They are having major orthopedic surgery before they're 12 years old because they've got repetitive motion injuries. And I I have nannied my way through college watching children get yelled at who are less than 15 years old, you know, on the pitcher's mound by coaches and by parents. And I, I don't, Like, I'm so thrilled to hear you say that you did your whole goal was not to win. It was about learning everything else that went along with playing these sports. And I think we need to ask ourselves when we're playing, what are we doing this for? And it can't just be about winning. It cannot. It has to be about the other things that you're developing and learning by playing these games.
1: You know, Heather, you said you take your ball and go home. In many cases, we'd pound the shit out of each other, and then we would go home, and we'd come back the next day, and we'd play again. <laughs> Hockey, that
3: was...
0: I
1: guess that this was, is the
3: difference <laughs> between being a girl to boy. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't beat on each other too much. My brothers, however, that's a different story.
0: The uh, thing I always loved when I grew up, and often I had a similar background is when you go to the local hockey room, there weren't any parents. There weren't any people who would, you know, coach or instruct, it was just a bunch of kids, some eight years old, some 10, some 12, some older, and you don't put your hockey sticks in, you know, and. Someone would, you know, head, head over there, and they'd take a stick and they'd throw it over, you know, here, and then they'd t- take a stick and they'd throw it over there, and they would make t- two teams, and it was just the most r- 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 random thing ever, and nobody ever tracked our score or anything else like that. But you would spend, like, I would spend hours and hours and hours over there, you know, my feet would be so cold that you know you would pull your skates sk- 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 off. And your feet would start burning because they were just so cold and the blood flow heading in and it would would hurt and You'd be in pain, you know, and it's, but as soon as your feet warmed up, you put your skates on, you go. And I think of years of doing that. And I think that kids these days, if a parent or a coach, isn't, you know, making that happen then it's like, well, what do we do? And I'm always like, get outside
1: and play. Just figure it out. We used to make rope swings over gullies that were like suicidal. If you did it today, you probably get a lawsuit. I mean, it was amazing. We lived through being kids, you know? It, it, it's so funny, but but it brings me back because we're running out of time again, Duff. I, I really want to know like, how, how do you propose to get the parents and the kids back to a place like this. I mean, this was this was really how it was. And now we worry about, oh my God, if my kids go outside, they're going to become missing and all of this craziness that goes on in the world, especially here in Southern California. You know, where I was raised, which was the Pacific Northwest, which was much more like you guys, you know, it's I think it's maybe a little different, but it's still not. It's it's a crazy world we live in mainly because of the media but what do you propose
2: well I think uh yeah it, it's it's a tough one because and i I even appreciate the other side also because there was a somewhere where one of my kids got picked for a a triple a baseball team a triple a bantam team when he was 13 so he was One of two kids who got to play on the top 14-year-old team, and and you know, as a parent, you're going, "Oh, yes, this is great." But then he ended up being on the bench about half the time, and so in hindsight, it wasn't the best thing for him. And now he doesn't play. He's 16, and he doesn't play baseball at all. So it's it has to come from fun, and it's like in my book, I keep coming back to my book here, but I there's a big chapter on passion which starts from, it all comes back to a love of the game. You are kicked out of the house and you play for hours. What's the difference between passion and perseverance and hard work and dedication? One is you want to do it. One is is it's work, it's effort, it's painful. Passion makes you think of ways to make your equipment better, ways to expedite a recovery after a certain workout ways to do things that are specific to you after the fact, it comes back to a love of the game. And so I, I challenge you to read a professional athlete biography where they w- there wasn't a phase, especially right now, right? Because if they're a professional athlete now, then when they were a kid, they didn't have Twitter. They didn't have this sort of thing. They didn't have a, a, a special you know quarterback coach that they worked with specifically uh you know for two hours on saturday and sundays um it's it has to be it has to be a love of the game That's very common to read i read mike Matheny's book recently how did he grow up getting in trouble because his parents were always angry at him because he wasn't home on time he's playing with his brothers in the playing baseball in the dark like how safe is that you know you <laughs> must have black eyes Every second week, because you're too stupid to go inside when it gets dark.
1: It might be more fun so if you really add a fun. strobe light to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: because it's so fun. If you if you need a trophy, I appreciate you're trying to. Maybe it comes from a good place. You you're trying to make it fun, but if you do it right, you don't need a bribe. That's but, how.
1: Right. Always. Oh yeah. We would, we would have done it no matter what you gave us. I mean, it was, it was nice just to have the uniform.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of how I said it, you you know, uh, in, in my neighborhood or right now they say, you know, in Canada, I've seen similar things in different jurisdictions in the United States. It's they want to have one hour of moderate, uh, physical, uh, physical activity, an hour for kids up to age 17. And that's how, you know, it's the number of kids who are actually doing that is pretty limited now. And in my neighborhood, it would have been difficult to stop. That's how I express okay. it. But,
3: so Duff, we want to give everybody, you know, a intro to what you're writing. Uh, can you tell us just briefly about your book and where we can get it once it's published?
2: Well, I'm going to make it available on you know Kindle, Kobo, all these other things, Amazon.ca. And so the title is the Tao of Sport, or it's actually Tao as in T A O. Pronounced, actually pronounced DAO, but I want people to be able to look it up. So I'm gonna let people make fun of me for mispronouncing it. It's the Tao of Sport, and it's really it's about the philosophy. And I being an athlete in Calgary. I've been immersed in truly a hotbed of Olympic sport and you have hockey players and cross-country skiers and speed skaters, let alone my own experience and the athletes that I competed with and against. And there's a very common philosophy amongst successful people that I've come to appreciate. And it comes, it get back, it gets back to purpose. It gets back to, a growth mindset, it gets back to passion for what you do, a love of what you do. And that ties, and that's sort of the, one of the conclusions of the book is it ties back to what we should want for our kids. Kids sport should be about fun and learning something. And the greatest athletes I've known loved it and were students of their sport. So it doesn't really change.
1: So yeah. with, with that we're, we're up against the clock again and we're going to do this again Duff because you know we too much to talk about, not enough time to do it and we're healthy, wealthy and grateful we got coach Dave and Heather Andrews and myself James Johnson and we've been talking with Duff Gibson today and, and I think that one of the strongest things that I heard and anybody can chime in here at any point but the, the, is to, to make it fun you know, you really got to make it fun. And then second is to learn. And so I think the reason why you come to a podcast like this is to learn. And I hope that you're learning a lot here. So want you remember to live like you're going to die tomorrow, plan like you live forever, because you know, you just might. And keep smiling, make it fun, make sure you learn. And we'll talk to you really soon. Bye now. Thank you
0: for listening to Healthy, Wealthy, and Grateful. Be sure to join our Facebook group. Remember, live like you are going to die tomorrow and plan like you are going to live forever. You just might. And don't forget to stop and smell the flowers along the way.